0: So if you remember the, the first couple of weeks I talked about sacrifice, being a living sacrifice is so important, right? And in this, this statement may actually uh, shock some of you, but I believe God is depending on us to understand and actually execute what it means to be a living sacrifice. And I can hear it already. Some of you are thinking, what do you mean God's dependent on us? God doesn't need us. Yeah, yes, yes. There's a reason why he left us here, right? We just got through talking about water baptism. And the very first step that we take, obviously, in our Christian walk is to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And we're still here. We're not taken up into heaven. We still have a life to live. And so it's not necessarily that God needs us. It's that God wants us to come alongside him and actually walk this thing out called life and do so by being a living sacrifice so week one i talked about how we're not just called to live sacrificially right because living sacrificially is momentary you know we do something for god and then we go about our lives and do what we got to do okay that's a mindset that we got to get out of we're really we have to be a living sacrifice that's a mindset that we are always open, willing, and able to be used by God no matter where we are in our life. It's a lifetime commitment. And then last week I talked about how there's a process, right? We read through Romans chapter 12. We read through a section that if you have the ESV Bible translation, it says uh, the marks of a true Christian. And it's a list of things that we need to do from the outward and the inward that we need to do to be a living sacrifice. And as 21st century Americans, we love lists, but see, doing a checklist, a spiritual checklist, it is checking the box, and it's very much more like living sacrificially as opposed to being a living sacrifice. So what we learned last week was we need to submit to this process because it's a process. It's something that God calls justification well, not justification, sanctification. Gosh, I almost got mixed up there for a minute. Sanctification. Okay, where we're going through this process of becoming more and more like Jesus as we follow him, as we spend time in the word, as we come to church and hear the word, as we spend time in community with each other as believers, we're becoming more and more sanctified. We submit to this process of being a living sacrifice. And when we submit to that process, then God blesses us. And we saw that with Abraham as he was going through the process of sacrificing his son Isaac. Well, today what I wanna talk about is you are qualified to be a living sacrifice. See, in all the movies you see and the things you read and even in the Old Testament, right? A sacrifice is something or someone that's without blemish, without any visible marks. They're perfect, right? It's, it's an, an offering, so that person or thing, animal, has to be perfect. And what I want to get away from is this idea that somehow we have to be perfect in order to be used by God. So, being a living sacrifice, you in this room, if you're in Christ, you're qualified. So, what does the word qualified mean? This is the Webster's Dictionary. And I love it because this is the world's definition of being qualified it says, fitted as by training or experience for a given purpose. Competent. Or having compiled with the specific requirements of present conditions as for an office or employment. In other words, you're eligible. That's the word's definition. The world's definition. I I talk this morning. So here's what I got in my hand is I actually have my resume. And over the past uh, 15 years of my life, I've had to apply to three different jobs. I've had to have a resume. And when I first applied to my first job, after I got out of the military, I had a one-page resume. So, well, yeah, one page, right? Now, that, that's that's not a whole lot. But then now, as I updated my resume recently, and no, I'm not looking for another job. So the thing is, is what I've learned in my, in my business life is, always have your resume updated. So whenever you get promoted, always update your resume so you never forget what it is that you've accomplished, right? So now I've got, now I've got two pages. And if you're out there right now as, as somebody looking for a job, it should be no more than two pages. Just saying. But these are all my qualifications as to why I'm eligible or competent, as Webster says, to have a specific job. And see, as, as believers, I think, we think we need to have some sort of spiritual resume before we can be used by God. Where we have to have all these accomplishments and requirements. And see, there's something wrong with the church today. And there's a lot that's wrong with the church. and That's why we need God's grace, because the church is people, and there's a lot that's wrong with us as people. And, and that's not me looking down at you all. There's a lot that's wrong with all of us, okay? But the bottom line is, is I think, we think, that we have, there's some of us that think that we have a spiritual resume that's better than other people. So we look down at those people. That, that we think we're so self-righteous that actually what happens when we go out in the world, we push them away. And, and what I talked about recently um, about sharing political opinions, okay? Back when the election happened last year and all the Christians are going crazy on social media Okay, it's a whole self-righteous attitude that what we believe in is so superior than what you believe in, and so we're going to tell you what for on social media, and we're going to actually push you away. There is that self-righteous attitude that we as the church need to get away from. So there's that, and then there's some of us, I believe, that are in this room that I really want to speak to that think they don't have enough to put on their spiritual resume, therefore, they don't do anything at all. That you're not righteous enough. That somehow you have to be Jesus and walk on water before you can even open your mouth and tell somebody about Jesus. And that's not the case. So we got to get away from the idea that we need to have some sort of huge spiritual resume before we ever, ever do anything for God and be a living sacrifice. Really what you are is, yes, you're qualified, but you're gifted. Say, I'm gifted. You are gifted. I'm looking at a lot of people in this room that I know you, I know some of you more better than others, but I know there's a lot of you in here that are gifted to do many things. Guys, we had, and I think this was awesome, we had an all-female worship team up here, almost, minus Nate. That shows you the talent that we have up here with Michaela playing the drums. I mean, she was awesome. I'm glad that she's back. See, that's just one one specific thing that I'm talking about. There's also, I know uh, Phyllis was taking pictures today. She's great at taking photographs. A lot of things you see up on the internet. I know Megan DeMello has done that too, that you see on the internet and you see on our social media. These are pictures that have come from them. So we have so many people in here that are gifted to do what God has called them to do. So when we look at being a living sacrifice, I want to tell you why you're qualified. Can we do that? So the first one, the first reason why you're qualified. You're qualified to be a living sacrifice because you're weak. You're weak. Some of you that Doesn't make you feel good. You're weak. I'm weak. There are days I come up here on a Sunday, and where does all that come from? If I even say anything good that resonates with you, that changes your life, it's the Holy Spirit working through me. Because I know I am weak. I know when I have a good week and when I have a bad week. So that on Sunday, sometimes I actually feel weak. Everybody in here is weak. You are young, dumb, and broke. All right, I didn't offend all of you, so you're old, dumb, and broke. We are weak, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. How else is God going to be glorified in us and through us if we're relying on our own strengths and abilities? There's no way. See, there's a reason why Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine, he says that God's power is made perfect in your weakness. We have to be in that state of mind. As a living sacrifice, we're humble. We present ourselves, right, and say, God, I can't, but I know you can. And if we have that mindset, then you'll do anything for God. Hello, living sacrifice. So let's look in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Paul writes, for consider your calling. Hello, everybody in here, you are called. Brothers and sisters, not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Not all of your royal family, okay, world standards, but God's standards, you are part of the royal family. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. I love that. See, there's a reason why Paul wrote this. How many people in the church of Corinth came to him and said, I'm weak how is God going to use me? I'm not rich. I'm out of noble birth. I don't have any position or stature. How is God going to use me? To the point where Paul put this in the Bible to where we are now reading it 2,000 years later. It applies today. we got to stop looking at how the world wants us to see things. Just because in the world's eyes, I'm not rich and I'm not smart and I'm not some sort of upper class society I'm not a progressive sorry I'm not woke enough okay I go by what the Bible says and I am glad that I'm not strong like the world because what that means is that God can use me because I recognize the fact that I am weak but he is strong I love this, because I know I'm pushing some of your buttons, and that's a good thing. Second thing, you're qualified to be a living sacrifice because you're sufficient. I love that word. (laughs) Because some of you are like, what, I'm just sufficient? Yes. I'm not great. No. I'm not awesome. Nope. I'm not amazing. Nope. Nope. No, but Pastor Jeff, have you seen my resume, my spiritual resume? See, I've raised the dead, I've healed the sick, cast out demons, I'm spirit filled, speaking other tongues, uh, blah, 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 blah. That's awesome. But you're not awesome. Those things that you just did, that you've just listed on your spiritual resume, that's God working in you and through you. Those words, amazing, awesome, great, those belong to God. You're sufficient. So how do I know? Well, Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I love Paul. He's just so, here it is. And I'm going to read the Amplified because I actually like the Amplified. Not the greatest to preach from, but I like the Amplified translation in this case. And so this is what he says. Such is the confidence and steadfast reliance and absolute trust that we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficiently qualified in ourselves, to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency and qualifications come from God. He has qualified us, making us sufficient as ministers of a new covenant of salvation through Christ, not of the letter of a written code, but of the Spirit. For the letter of the law kills by revealing sin and demanding obedience, but the Spirit gives life." See, the world looks at us and they try to define what success is. They, They want us to conform to what they think success is. And what I read in Romans 12 at the beginning of this message and the last two messages I've preached on is we are not to conform to the world. But see, because we carry this weight of what God has called us to do, what Jesus called the Great Commission. Somehow we feel like that we've got to almost have those attributes that the world says is success. And what God is saying, no, on the contrary, I want to turn upside down on its head and say, I need you to be weak, and I need you to understand that you are only sufficient. Because if anything else comes out of you, then nobody is going to see me working through you. And I need somebody that's pliable, that's moldable like clay that I can manipulate and use so that I am seen and people come to know Jesus and people experience Jesus and people understand the power of the resurrection through you. You are sufficient because the awesomeness that comes out of you is God. So what does this basically sum up these first two points? Is weakness insufficiency qualifies you for God's greatness? The third thing is you're qualified to be a living sacrifice because you've been made righteous. You've been made righteous. So I got boarding in on September 22nd, 1996. In our old property and some of you weren't even born then but by then my whole life was based on everything I accomplished everything like my resume I just showed you a lot of that has to do with all the stuff a lot of the stuff that I've done before I even went on active duty in the army but I had a lot of things that I've accomplished in my life to where I walked around kind of with a little bit of a you know strut you know of course I'm horrible at it now I can't do that now so I'm I don't know you watch some young people walk around and it's just kind of like okay yeah I see you so and some of us older folks do too right but I had all these things that I knew I accomplished that I feel I felt like you know I was on top of the world man you know I hadn't been humbled yet that has absolutely no bearing on what I'm doing now Now, God used all those experiences to help me to be who I am today, but ultimately what it boiled down to was me receiving Jesus on that day. And as soon as that happened, I became righteous. Did not have anything to do with my worldly qualifications. And there's some of you in here today that have yet to receive Jesus. I know that. And that's okay. Okay you don't have to measure up to receive him. You don't have to think that somehow I've got to have some sort of spiritual resume where the very first point on my resume is, I don't sin anymore. No, you've got to come to him and say, actually, uh, I am a sinner, and I've realized that I need you to save me from my sin. You are qualified simply by the act of receiving Jesus. You are now righteous. And that righteousness that is given to you is a gift. Romans chapter 4. Verse 1 through 5. Paul writes, What then shall we say was gained by Abraham our forefather, according to the flesh. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed, and it was counted as him as righteousness. It was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. See, what Paul is saying here is if we had to earn our salvation, if we had to earn our righteousness through works, it wouldn't be a gift from God. It it would become something like you just doing a job check in the box and you've earned enough to where now you're righteous because you've earned it and that's the whole point with god that's why his grace is so awesome is we don't deserve it we don't earn it we're like abraham to where we believe and then it's counted to us as righteousness so to be a living sacrifice is all about putting ourselves aside. It really is. It's all about putting everything that we have been brought up in as in the world and putting it aside, realizing it has nothing to do with what I do, what I say, what status I live in or social circles, how rich or wealthy I am, it has nothing to do with that. Matter of fact, as we look in the Bible, the disciples that Jesus chose were young, dumb, and stupid men. Amen. They were Galilean, so they were stupid. They were broke, because they were fishermen, except for the tax collector. And But for the most part, young, dumb, broke. Because God wants to use us to confound the wise. And let me tell you something. There's a lot of wisdom out there in the world today. That... <laughs> can be quickly turned around when we are submitted as living sacrifices and God works through us to where people are like, we know that wasn't you. That was something else which opens the door for Jesus to come into their life through you. So you're qualified because you're righteous. So it's a gift and this is why I got this up here, and I want to thank Barbie for wrapping this for me. In home church colors, too, by the way. So, being a light- living sacrifice really, what it boils down to is it's a gift to you. What? You I mean dying to myself? Not living according to the world's standards? You I mean to tell me when I look in the mirror and, and I see something that I'm not happy with or not pleased with? which they're talking about that in kids, uh, kids' elementary right now. They're talking about how, what does God say about you when he's facing you face to face? And Christina, our elementary pastor, is putting that mirror in front of the kids and saying, what does God say about you? But what do you say about you when you look in the mirror? And it's okay to look in the mirror and see the imperfections. It's okay to say, I'm young, dumb, and broke. That's what I see in the mirror. But then to realize, but wait, that's not what God says about me. What he's saying is, I'm giving you the gift of being a living sacrifice. Do you want to receive it or not? It's up to you. For some of you in this room that have yet to receive Jesus, those of you that are watching online, he's saying, this is my son who I give freely to you as a gift so that it will be counted to you as righteousness. You will belong belong to the royal family. You will become one of my sons and daughters. I'm giving you this gift. It's up to you whether or not you want to receive it. Last verse, Colossians chapter 1. Beginning in verse 9. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He was delivered us from, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. God doesn't call the qualified, qualifies the called. If you're in Christ, you're called. You're qualified to be a living sacrifice. You're qualified to be a living sacrifice and make an impact in this world because you've been gifted. You've been gifted with Jesus. You've received him. Now you're qualified to live for him. This is a verse I wanna leave with you because I wanna make this call to action and I've mentioned this verse several times Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 9 for by grace you have been saved through what? faith hello righteousness it's the grace of God that you've been saved you didn't deserve it you never earned it It's not something you got to do. It's his grace that you have been saved by faith. Faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Saying, I am a sinner, and I know I'm weak. And Lord, I give you my life, and I ask you to forgive me as I turn away from that weak sinner. Because I want to be used by you to impact this world. It's been saved, you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that are Catholic, and I was a former Catholic. They have to do certain things, they have to fulfill a spiritual resume to even hope that they have a place in heaven. They could end up in purgatory for all they know, or they could. Go to hell they don't know they don't have that assurance but it's not by your own doing it's through faith i have told them this verse a lot every time i encounter a catholic on the street and we get into this conversation and I start telling them about jesus this is a verse i quote and oh by the way it's by saint paul who very important in the catholic faith and very important to us obviously he goes on to say it is the gift of god hello gift You don't have to earn a gift, right? It's nothing to earn. It's something you receive. Like on Christmas, when you get gifts and you see all those presents under the tree, those gifts, some of those are yours and you didn't have to pay for it. You just receive it from that person that lovingly gave it to you. He goes on to repeat, it's not a result of works so that no one may boast. Would everyone please stand? Here's the call of action. First thing is, if you are in Christ already, commit your life, submit to the process, and know that you're qualified to be a living sacrifice. But if you have not received the gift of eternal life, that is Jesus, then remember what I said It's okay if you're young, dumb, and broke, or old, dumb, and broke. It's okay. It's okay if you feel weak. It's okay if you don't measure up to what the world says is success. I am pleading with somebody in this room today. It's okay if you fall short because we all have fallen short of the glory of God. It's okay to come as you are. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond today. So with your heads bowed, no one looking around, Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you right now that you're opening hearts to receive Jesus, the gift of eternal life. If that's you, if you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never come to him and said, Here I am, Lord. I want to turn away from my sin, and I want to turn to you. If that is you, then I'm asking, I'm imploring you to come down front to one of these people. We have one on either side of me here from the prayer team that wants to pray with you. Come down, make that decision, and do it now. Maybe today you're in this room and you're saying, you know what? Yep, I wanna commit my life to being a living sacrifice. I wanna submit to the process of being a living sacrifice. Yes, I know and believe I'm qualified, but I keep hearing you talk about this thing called praying in the spirit, being filled with the spirit. If you have never received the gift of infilling of the Holy Spirit, Maybe today is a day that you do some fact-finding, receive information, and then receive the gift. If that's you, then be bold and come down and receive the gift of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And last but not least, if you have a need, something that you need agreement on, want prayer for, whether it's healing, financial, a job, whatever that may be, then we're here to pray with you as well.